Modesto, Modesto, Modesto Reboot Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modesto Reboot Podcast. I'm your host, Phasm, and on today's show, I have Brooke Heathcote. Welcome to the show, Brooke. Thank you, Aaron. And Brooke, what is your occupation? Uh, well, I am officially a massage therapist. Uh, I do body work. Um, I'm moving out of thinking about massage as a relaxing thing and moving more towards it being used for therapy and for people to be able to feel more comfortable in their bodies through in if they have injuries or if they're they have emotional needs uh yeah i like to address anything that people come with me to help them you know um so yeah uh, all forms of therapy like that <laughs> okay and where's your where do you work yeah so um i work down on j street uh right above trichromatic gallery which is a gallery that i co-own with um zoe toscano and chelsea america um and i've kind of moved around in modesto because that's actually it's what brought me here uh, i had a friend opening up a wellness center and you know we were having pie at greens and i was like you know people are pretty nice in modesto i i think i could move here and like start my clientele and you know so i like i said i've popped around and i've been involved with like a wellness center and a couple different places but I've been on my own for the past few years. And um, yeah, so I have this studio above the art gallery and it's my little haven for the time being. And it's been nice. <laughs> cool. So um, you said you decided to come here to Modesto. And mm -hmm. where was that from? Okay. Well, I, uh, I was living in Stockton for about a year before that because uh, that's where I went to massage school was like a little hole in the wall massage school um really tiny and uh i i i spent a year in stockton and i was towards the end of that i was like okay i need to i need to find something else you know i i really didn't do much there and i didn't feel like it was my place to like really land and get involved um but like I said, when I, I met this friend through my massage school and um, she was in the process of wanting to open up a wellness center and her and I had a really special connection for as little as we knew each other. And I was like, you know what? I think that that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to go move to Modesto. And I slept on her couch for about five months until I rented a room from her. And then, you know, from there I moved on to my own. But, you know, I'm I'm really thankful for how uh gracious modesto has been to accept me and um i've really enjoyed my time here so yeah yeah okay so what is what exactly is a wellness center so the wellness center that i first started working out working at was called mono luna and it's basically uh multiple people coming together with their different practices and it's kind of like a one-stop shop like you could go there and there was a chiropractor there um, there was a nurse practitioner and she did um, bioidentical hormone replacement. So she was helping women come in, um, uh, mostly a lot of women, uh, balance out their hormones and balance out their bodies um, through uh, supplements and different. It was kind of like a combination of Eastern and Western medical practices. Um, and then there was uh, a couple of estheticians so you could get a facial and it's like nice organic skincare. And, and then I did massage there. Um, I'm like, did I forget anybody? Yeah, chiropractor. So there was just different people working there contributing to an environment that you can go and get whatever you needed for yourself. And, um, yeah, and it, there's a couple of different wellness centers in town that I know of that are, it's basically, yeah, you just. A bunch of people coming together that want to help their people yeah yeah and you said um a mix of eastern and western medicine yeah and that's i mean even to me that's kind of a it sounds well and good but i don't know a lot about the eastern medicine yeah. i think of like um you know herbs and acupuncture yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um which I've, I've had acupuncture uh-huh um 
but what what do you see as like a big difference between eastern and i mean there's huge differences totally you know and and i'm really not as well versed with eastern medicine uh i've been practicing and trying to learn as much as i can because it fascinates me but the the big component that i would see is different is uh, because it's very much still a science as well um it treats the body more holistically it looks at a lot of different symptoms and um it there's it's about like your lifestyle also and and treating the physical body through touch and through balancing out tissue and as well as like herbs and things that you can ingest so um, a good example, because I went to, when I was in massage school, I was able to go to China and study with a doctor for three weeks. And the doctors there, um, they're, uh, they do medical Qigong. And so they're, they practice every day, they do their Qigong exercises. And then when they have, when they see their patients, they massage them. And it's like, it's like the texture of the touch and the way that you move the body is different forms of medicine and so that concept to us might be very different because we think oh when i have a cough i take this medicine and it goes away you know but maybe that cough is actually a symptom of something deeper or something in the body you know and so through eastern medicine we we look at these things and we try to find um the root of the problem and address that instead of just kind of appeasing the client and saying like, okay, well you'll be better for a while until they're sick again. And, and a a really interesting thing that I enjoy about Chinese medicine is that the doctors in China, um, they are getting paid when their patients are well and when they're sick, they're not doing their job. And that's a totally different mentality because (laughs) we're over here making money off of our sick people and it's just like uh yeah that what? just seems so backwards when you stand back and look at that <laughs> totally when you think about like how other people are viewing health you know and like in china people are in the parks in the morning you know maybe dozens maybe a hundred people in the park doing tai chi together and that it's so second nature people go and get massages massage everywhere and it's mm. really inexpensive and so people address their physical body a lot with eastern medicine is kind of they really take into account how our bodies are this mechanism and how things can happen to the physical body that will affect your mental state your spiritual state um your ability to process the world around you you know yeah super cool um just to hear about the daily exercise being like a Mm -hmm. communal thing yeah because like here if if you go out in the park and you start doing some <laughs> dance looking thing, <laughs> which I do, I have finally said, you know for you. what? For all the people driving by, I don't even know you, and I don't care because this feels so good and the sun is shining down right now. So I'm gonna move my energy. <laughs> it's like it's like you're doing the slow clap, like exactly, exactly. It is it is like a slow clap. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so you live in Modesto now. Yeah. I've lived in Modesto since 2012, um, and let's see, I've been even in the <clears throat> the college area since, when did I get that house? In 2013. So I've, I've kind of been in the same location. I've just been moving about a block and a half away from myself, and I'm actually about to move into this new house that's right by Mauna Luna, which is where I first came, I came to Modesto to work at this wellness oh, center okay. across from Griseta Park and now I'm going to move into a house like right next to it so I feel like I'm just like doing this big circle around myself in yeah. Modesto and I'm just like I like it though you know so you I, live by Griseta Park yeah I'm going to move next to Griseta Park right now I live right by Insulin Park okay. so I like the park action in Modesto it's always uh interesting oh, yes <laughs> what would you say is your favorite thing about Modesto hmm <clears throat> this is a good one My favorite thing about Modesto is um, I like the slower pace here and I like that people, people take the time to be with each other in a way that I feel like is unique here. And I don't know if it's just my circle of friends, 
but I seem to be finding this more and more as I'm meeting a lot of new people um, with the gallery and whatnot is um, the hustle and bustle isn't as much here. It can be what you make it, you know, but I feel like um, there's a lot of like people know each other in a certain way here and it, and it, and it can kind of feel burdensome sometimes you know because people really know you and they watch you and they see you and you run into the same people a lot but at the same time there's this sense of comfort in that as well you know and the spontaneous conversation you could have with somebody that you run into and it feels significant in some way and how you feel in a day and there's just like this way that people know each other here and you know, anybody that lives in Modesto knows about the Modesto Vortex, you know, and like you really get caught in the Modesto Vortex and I don't know if it's going to let me go. Okay, <laughs> just... what's, describe the Modesto Vortex. The Modesto Vortex. Yeah. I mean, okay, so, and actually me and my roommate have talked about there's, a, there's apparently an old Modesto Vortex and a young Modesto Vortex. And, this is interesting. I don't know about this. And, and, you or know. At least the, the name of it. Maybe I do know about it, but I've never. You're in the Modesto it Vortex, Aaron. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. No, no, no. It's excellent because from now on, you're always going to have this piece of connection. And that's really mm. all it is. And you could be on the other side of the world and run into somebody from Modesto. That's the Modesto Vortex. I have one of my friends who doesn't live here. She visited me here and she's up in Humble and she meet somebody who's like dating somebody that I used to date and all, you know, and she's, and I was like, Taylor, you're in the Modesto vortex. Like now you're running into people that I knew in Modesto and you're not even in Modesto. So it's kind of like a joke, but it's also a real thing. It's also a real thing. Like, you know, I've heard of people traveling in other parts of the world and they've found each other, you know, other Modestans find each other. And like, there's something odd and, awesome about this place and the more I live here I start to I feel like I've started to develop some kind of like pride and and when people say stuff like oh Modesto this I'm just like no 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 that's like a personal thing you don't understand (laughs) like it's your personal problem (laughs) and (laughs) this place is fine and there's plenty of interesting things going on if you would like think about applying yourself and like yeah and opening yourself up to a new experience any time like I've just seen it countless times people being like oh wow this is happening or whatever you know and and even when I'm in the Bay Area when people are like what's the art scene like in Modesta I'm like actually let me tell you because I have I feel like I've really come into myself as an artist in Modesta because of the way that people take time to acknowledge each other and get into the deeper reasons of why we create the things and and why we are compelled to do the things that we do for the sake of art you know yeah, and, that's a good point you know and people think about like what's trendy and what's cool and like what's like the leading thing you know and it's like is that always the thing that like speaks to us over and over and over again throughout time you know like i i like the timelessness of art you know like that yeah. that infinity space like that's where i want to be yeah <laughs> you hit a good point um i i've worked at gallo in the creative department and i remember there's constantly people that they're hiring from like big cities metropolitan mm-hmm. cities mm-hmm. on the east coast and um one gal in particular came in there and she was there for maybe a month or two and mm-hmm. she says oh my gosh i hate this place uh-huh. there's nothing to do here uh-huh. and in my mind i luckily i kept my mouth shut <laughs> but in my mind um there's always stuff to do here and that's yeah. I realized that the difference is I come from an area that's small enough to where I can do something and it has an impact. Mm -hmm. And so if I want to see an event happen or if I want to see somebody doing something cool and I want them to succeed, I can like put my hand on the plow and help them. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes a huge impact. So doing stuff for me is the stuff happening where I think in her mind, she's used to that metropolitan like i want stuff that's done for me totally that's, that's like wrapped up in a box and a bow and like i want to go yes. to the party that's like been planned for me <laughs> exactly we're like i think in a lot of Medestin's minds we're like i want to do this event yeah let's get some people together and like make and this event happens. happen yeah, and yeah. it happens and you're just like wow that was awesome yeah you know and i think like i mean i totally have had moments where i'm just like 
mentally unstimulated here. But at the same time, it's like, it, I don't know, it really is how you apply yourself and how you're looking at what's going on around and yeah and sometimes boredom is <laughs> it's okay <laughs> well it's yeah. where things are birthed too like, exactly you know like yeah. sometimes uh, as as a creative person as an artist like if you're too busy mm-hmm. you're not gonna like come up with anything yeah you know and it sounds yeah, it sounds space. very lazy like i'm making an excuse <laughs> for being lazy but yeah. But but truly, like, there's times where, like, you have to have extra time to think oh. through things. And, and that's that's scary for me because, yeah. like, I can overthink and overthink. For sure. Things that, like, have little to no, like, end. Yeah. You know, it's just I'm <laughs> analyzing something that won't change anything. Sure. But, but there's times where I'm bored and I'm, like, thinking through, like, oh, you know what I really like to do? Yeah. This crazy idea that, like, if I shared it with anybody – they would all like look at me sideways but if i just went and did it Mm -hmm. it would probably come out cool and they'd be like yeah that's awesome right it depends on who you tell you have to know who to say what to (laughs) safe people Uh, all right so what what's your favorite food joint in modesto oh thailand restaurant all the way like i'm all about the thai food yeah yeah (laughs) So you, so I've only interviewed three other people so uh-huh. far, and you're not the first person to say that. And I would absolutely agree. Dude, and the gold everywhere. Like when you walk in and you see the gold art, I'm just like, thank you. You know you're going to get something special. Exactly. Exactly. I'm just like, I want to be here. Yeah, I definitely, when people come to Modesto, I, t- I like to take them to Thailand. And, and I tell them, like, I've never ordered anything here that I didn't like I've never been disappointed exactly I have a a client who I've been he's he's my oldest client and I see him every week he's a retired firefighter and is I think he's 80 now and he's been bringing me Thai food every week and he and he brings me tom yum soup from Thailand yes and he brings it to me every week and I inhale it and also, he doesn't know that it's called Tom Yum, and so he calls, he he thinks it's called um, Tom Yummy Soup, so he orders Tom Yummy for me every week, and I just love thinking about that. I haven't corrected him, because I'm just like, thank you for my Tom Yummy Soup, because it is Tom Yum. It is Tom Yummy. We'll get that changed on the menu. Mm-hmm. You should ask. Um, so you said you kind of like the slower pace of Modesto. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously you have a comparison to that. Where, where were you actually born? Oh, uh, well I was born in Jacksonville, Florida. So I was born in the South. So go figure. I like things a little slower. (laughs) Um, and it's slow in a good way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, excuse me. I was born in Jacksonville, Florida, um, on a Naval Air Station. And I lived for, I lived in Jacksonville for the first 10 years of my life. And my family's all Midwest from Illinois, uh, a little place called Henry. And there's probably about 800 people in that town. Hmm. And my grandparents' house was like built in 1881 and it's just old and they don't have any neighbors and so it's really quiet out there and it's wonderful and um and then when I moved to California in 2002 yeah I think it's 2002 or 2003 um I lived down in Hanford and Lemoore area which a lot of people don't know and I tell them it's a little south of Fresno and it's also a very small town um there's about I think there's more people now but it's predominantly Navy life because there's uh the Naval Air Station Lamore that's close by because my dad's in the Navy and excuse me um is he still in the Navy he's actually still in the Navy yeah he's gonna retire this is his last year although he has been saying that for many years I truly believe that this is his last year he's he's doing his dream job now he um he's the master chief of maintenance for the Blue Angels and so Mm. that's like what he's wanted to be involved with airplanes. He joined the Navy because of Top Gun. So, you know, like he, you can't, you can't hate a guy for that. <laughs> he's living his best life now. Like he loves it and he's insanely busy. So I think the stress of his job now is truly going to make him retire, which I'm really looking forward to, to see my parents living oh. their retired life. So they're still married. Yes. Yes. My parents are still married. Awesome. Um, 
Yeah, and actually, I I was hoping that I could kind of share that story because, you know, I think history is a is important, and you know, I I would like to share yes, my roots. So, um, my parents they met uh, back in 1989, I think probably around that time and um my my mom was actually a stripper at the time and so she is at a bar in florida doing her thing doing her dancing and my dad walks into this bar and it's a bachelor party and he's drunk off his ass and he's going there to hang out and she's doing her thing and she said she saw him come to the room and she's like i'm gonna marry that man wow and Two months later, they were getting married in the, in the, uh, in like the reception room of like a Holiday Inn in Florida. In Florida. In Florida. I mean, two months later in <laughs> two Las months Vegas later, makes sense. Right? Exactly. In Florida, <laughs> this is, this is a whole new story. It's very different. They had their honeymoon down at like Orlando, down in Disneyland, the big thing, you know? So they got married, um. And, you know, the beginning of their marriage was extremely rocky and volatile. Uh, my mom had a really hard upbringing, and she, which she was always very open about it while we were growing up, which I attribute to my openness about life. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. like, I can't help it. That's how I was raised, you know. But my, my mom experienced a lot of pain and, and trauma and abuse early on in her life, and so when she met my dad, um, you know, they obviously had some kind of, I mean, it's, it's an, I think love like that can kind of be out. It is outside of yourself, you know, and um, my dad shared stories with me about turning points in their trials and tribulations, you know, and, and I, it really makes me think about a higher power that is kind of helping push us together or pull us apart and kind of direct things if we choose to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, you know, they, they had, they had really the first five years of my life. Cause of course I was born like right after they were, I mean, they pretty much got pregnant with me right after they're married. Uh, Yeah. Right after they were married. Well, it sounds like like they they looked (laughs) at each other and they were conceived. (laughs) Exactly. I might have been conceived that way. In Immaculate the strip club. conception, yeah, in the strip club. I would be okay with that. Yo, what's up, man? This is Joe, aka Perk's son, your favorite local funky DJ, and you're listening to Modesto Reboot Podcast. Hey, this is Reggie Rucker, and you're listening to the Modesto Reboot Podcast. And now back to Modesto Reboot. But. So my mom already had a daughter, uh, my older sister, um, and, you know, so she'd already had a child, and and then I come along, and so they're starting their family, and then I have a younger sister, and so the first five years of my life was really volatile. I was, you know, we went to, I can remember going to AA meetings with my parents. They were into alcoholism, and or they were alcoholics for a while, and when my mom, my mom had stopped stripping when they first met but she kind of got back into it just because it fed something in her you Mm -hmm. know and so and it and it kind of was something that she craved and she liked the attention and and that there was drugs involved and there's a whole series of like horrible things and my mom um being admitted into a hospital that really started to get her help after um her attempting suicide and and actually, my dad shared this story with me in my adult life. It was like the beginning of my adult life when I moved away and he and I were kind of connecting. And I felt like a little bit like I can ask these questions now, you know, like yeah. what things were like for them, you know, now that I have a little bit of a different perspective. And he talks about um, feeling really moved, um, how he had got to this point with her where he was just like, this woman can die. Like I'm so I'm done. And you know, like she's a horrible person. And like, um, they had just, they had like, it was just very unhealthy, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and he can remember, um, 
sitting on the couch and he told me that he was all of a sudden overcome with like this compassion in the midst of him like thinking these thoughts he said like all of a sudden he realized that she was in the headspace that she was to end her life and he said that he felt like overcome by this feeling all of a sudden where he had compassion and he said in that moment he committed that he was going to truly love her and and get her help and one thing led to another they they got involved in church after that they met somebody through like their aa meeting and mm-hmm. started to really try and help themselves and turn things around and so that that's kind of been like my childhood and just our family you know we we were really involved in church and um and i i saw just how my parents really turned things around for themselves and um you know they they were it's been work you know it's yeah. not like it's just like this magical thing like oh we're still together you know but at there, the same there's no such thing no as, as a magical exa- marriage exa- I mean, there's so many no, times absolutely not married couples and you're like oh my gosh do they have it so easy no never they were just like magically made for each other yeah. and that's you know on some level a front absolutely and yeah you know or it's that they've worked so hard yeah. I like that you made the point that he made that decision. He got so far yeah. into being sick of it all and yeah. and then just made that decision that like she's where she's at. I, yeah. I mean, I think everybody has to get to this point where the people that piss you off so badly uh-huh. and annoy you so much are somewhat products of their upbringing. And Absolutely. I appreciate you being like super <laughs> honest with your... Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and now like my my relationship with my parents, I I adore them and I've wanted to honor them with my life, my whole life. You know, it's really important. And there my mom has been through a lot, but my mom and I, you know, as I was growing up, we butted heads a lot because we're so similar and she's creative as well. And I was creative and we always kind of had this. We just butted heads a lot, you know, but but I've always loved her and appreciated her openness for life and her vulnerability and the fact that my mom was never ashamed of herself yeah i mean she was but she was never so ashamed that she wouldn't say it you know she she always taught us to live with open hearts and how important that was to um be open for change and be Mm -hmm. open for that shift to happen and i i am just like forever grateful for that kind of upbringing and i think it really feeds me a lot in my life still, you know, and yeah. Yeah. I think people who are honest, mm-hmm. um, cause we all can be fake at times. We can wear a mask. Mm-hmm. We can, um, make mistakes. Yeah. But people who are honest are so easy to forgive. Yeah. So, you, I mean, like <laughs> you could do the worst thing, but if, if you're willing to, to man yeah. up and be like, dude, I totally screwed up yeah would you forgive me yeah that's nobody's gonna say no to that you know right? what i mean i mean there's, <laughs> there's certain things that are really really hard to forgive but totally um that's awesome yeah <laughs> um you mentioned that you went to china have mm-hmm. you done any other traveling yes uh i um yeah, I, well, my tra- my love for travel started when I was in church and we would take like mission trips. And like short-term? So, mission yeah, trips, short-term. Like week-long thing? Exactly. Yeah. And so I got to go to Spain and Brazil and um, I think those were only, and Mexico a few times. And uh, I lived in Mexico for about eight months after I graduated high school because I just really wasn't ready. I was definitely not going to go to college. I was like, yeah, I'm done with school now. Yeah. I'm going to go live my life. I and was so, the same way. Yeah. which, you know, I've come around full circle, but I, I <laughs> hey, you know, everybody's, everybody's on their own, yeah. live life on your own terms. But uh, yeah, I, I, I lived in Mexico for eight months and that was really um, transformative for myself and taking time and having my own space and my own mental space and being with people of a different culture that I don't feel like as expected to act a certain way. And I can Mm. kind of play with these, these concepts that I'm dealing with in my mind. I can live action experiment with them. So this is your young twenties. 
That was when I was, I turned 19 in Mexico. So I was 18 when I moved there. And, um, and then I lived in an orphanage for about eight months. And to me, I experienced a lot of just inner, like I was cleaning toilets and mopping floors and somehow tutoring children in Spanish. My Spanish got, I was fluent by the time I left, but I was not fluent when I first got there. And so it was very rocky, but but you, you took Spanish in high school? I did. I took Spanish okay. in high school. Um, so I, I knew a lot of words, but it was like putting it together and having conversation. Yeah. And it was weird. I was dreaming in Spanish before I was speaking it. And somebody was like, if you can dream in Spanish, you can speak it. And I was like, I guess so. And so I just started speaking Spanish. And I was like, God, our, what's with our minds? Like, That's what crazy. is with this thing? Um. So that that was a great experience. And like I said, I, I didn't have any technology there. I didn't have internet. And so I was really just in my own head, which was good because when I was 18, I really started questioning a lot of things and just being like, you know, I really feel like there's a lot more out in the world. And there's, I've been raised this way with this mentality and certain rules and certain things that say this is what life is. And I was like, it just doesn't work for me. And it felt like I needed to explore. And so being there kind of gave me that space. And um, yeah, I definitely had profound experiences when I lived there as far as like connecting me with that. uh, I mean, whatever we want to call it, intelligence, God, universe, like the, the big thing. (laughs) And um so I did, I've done that traveling. I went to China uh, and then just recently I went to Thailand for three months, which kind of, I mean, I feel like anytime you travel for longer than a month, once you get over that month point, like something, you can get over like, cause you inevitably start to hate a place no matter how magical it is. You're just like, God, I, I want to be out of here. Like <laughs> the water smells like shit and I just want to be back home, you know? But so I lived in Thailand for about three months, and that was in the end of 2017. And um, I went to, I did a Thai massage program for three months, and I just tried to live my normal life and just study, go to school, eat, come back home, and go to sleep kind of thing. And um, it was exactly what I needed. I I needed to do something like that for myself again because my headspace you know I was like I needed some some refresher and I needed to remember how to trust in the bigger picture because you know certain things in life can be like oh my god I thought I know what was happening and then all of a sudden you're just like I have no idea and all of this turns on me or you know life just kind of has its way of just throwing its things at you that you just don't expect and it can really can really just leave you in a weird mental headspace so I think traveling is great because it's an easy way to just have a different mental stimulation but then also if I feel like when you're in a different place and you're you have this foreigner concept or like this foreigner way of being it really does something to your mind as far as like you being able to look through things and different lens yeah different exactly it totally gives you a different lens i like i like what you said about seeing the bigger picture because Mm -hmm. um every time i travel i yeah i get to see that my normal isn't everyone's normal yeah and there's a different way to look at things there's a totally uh yeah just like and that goes from food you know like what's what's you know trying different foods to seeing what a community does like for me i'm always looking at public art i'm always looking at the murals and yeah going down to guatemala seeing being able to like go out with friends drive down the freeway pull over on the freeway Uh and start painting a mural on the side of the freeway and nobody's nobody's you know it's it's a legal thing to do there right (laughs) and i come back here and it's so frustrating because that's unheard of like you would not be allowed to do that you'd be in handcuffs like soon after and yeah and what what is the result endless beige walls for us <laughs> endless to enjoy beige walls, yes <laughs> a lot of nothingness yeah now and and that can kind of it can be a challenge like coming back to the united states sometimes um because you find out that these things we think are so important really 
could not be important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that can really mess with your head in having to participate in these things that you're just like, you guys, this doesn't even matter. And we're putting so much importance yeah. on on something, you know. So I, I don't know. It can be funny in how, like, you see the norm of different cultures and it yeah. just always fascinates me. And you can laugh at their culture too because sometimes they have so much focus on something and you can kind of sit back and snicker a little bit. Right, and go totally. Like, yeah, that's not really important. But you, guys, yeah. you guys keep doing that. You exactly. Know? Do you have any other hobbies? Any Let's interests? <clears throat> interests and hobbies. Um, it's hard to think what that would be be uh are you growing any secret oh my gosh i was like i'm not gonna talk about my (laughs) yeah my my hobbies are so disgusting which is why i'm just like do i want to yeah i um you know you said i i (laughs) i like to observe things i'm constantly um I I have like a like a mad scientist behind here, you know, at all times. And so I aside from maybe moldy fruit that I leave for too long because I like to watch the mold develop on things. You know, and my daughter, I have I have a daughter and I say I I can only imagine the things, you know, as we grow old older together cuz she's 3, you know, just anyways. So you, you're, I, say, you're saying that you look forward to the interview that she'll be doing. Exactly, she exactly. And she's just upbringing. like my upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. So I actually, um, I currently do have. Uh, I'm growing something that is going to be a part of an art show that I would like to do. So if you've ever had kombucha, um, which a lot of people are like, that is so disgusting. And I can't believe it. Anytime I drink kombucha around my family, because my family, I'm the odd one of my family. You're the black sheep. They're, exactly. They're just like, what is that? What's that smelling thing that you're drinking? Like, it stinks. I can't believe you could drink it. So anyways, there's these strands and it's called a scoby and it's a good bacteria. And you can have your scoby. You can make kombucha at home, which I've done before. And I... I let my kombucha go for a few months and then I was like, oh, I, I want to start making kombucha again. And, and I went to like clean out my scoby and I picked it up and it was about eight pounds. And I was like, wow, this thing's really heavy. Did you name it? I, we're getting there. And I, I started feeling it and I was like, dude, I can't throw this thing away because I was ready to just like be it. But it felt like life. And I and all of a sudden I unexpectedly started connecting with it. And I was like, oh, no. And I and then I'm like peeling it. And I'm just like, this is a, this is like a baby. <laughs> it's like I it's like throwing a baby in a trash can. Like I can't just throw my SCOBY away. And I'm all I'm going to I'm going to grow SCOBY. I'm, now. <laughs> I'm going to grow SCOBY. And so. I currently have a big Tupperware that I've been growing SCOBY because it, it pulls apart in sheets and it's like skin. It's like flesh. And so the way that I relate this all back to something that might make sense. Did um, you, did you, were you one of those kids that peeled the paint off the wall? Oh, the things that I did when I was a child. <laughs> you know, my, my mom caught me one day. You know, all kids do weird things with animals and like. You know, and they say about like sociopaths, how they torture animals and stuff. My mom saw me putting salt on a slug one day and she was just like, Brooke Ashley, you, that sociopaths treat animals like that, like abuse like that. But like me, I'm just like, look at this chemical reaction that's I happening. D- like they, all kids have done that. I may have taken it steps farther. I've never like directly tortured animals, but I may or may not have stepped on some frogs to see their guts come out of their mouth because it's their insides. But you know what? In my defense, people dissect frogs in class. The only difference is that they're already You were dead. just getting extra credit. <laughs> exactly. So I, I cannot help my curious mind. Um, so I guess those are my hobbies. I, I don't know how to pinpoint and say what that is, but I do know that I'm constantly observing things and... When something sparks my interest, I really go with it, and I like to see how things connect. You know, like like this weird scoby thing that I joke around with my friends yeah. about. You know, I'm well, like and you were saying that you just kind of fairly recently yeah. realized that you're a creative person. <laughs> yeah. Which that I mean, like I, you could have asked me. I mean, I would I would have told you no charge. 
So when did this when did this uh this happen? Hmm. When did it happen? I guess it happened When did I start thinking about that? Were you always um, painting? No, I don't paint actually. Okay. I've I I and that's why I thought I wasn't a good artist because I'm not good at drawing and mm-hmm. I'm not good at painting. It never I never connected with it. it. I couldn't ever paint something that I saw in my mind. Yeah. But when I sculpt and when I touch things and I interact with things, I feel like it engages that art process. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a couple of years ago, I started, I stopped thinking about art as a final product and started thinking about the process. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I'm such an artist. Like I think about the process of things and it really interests me. Way more than the final product. I'm already, like, uninterested by the time that comes out, you know? But, like, the process and getting your hands dirty and getting involved with other people in that manner is really exciting to me. Um, It was actually – it was around the time that I was playing music in a band with um, my ex, and we had, like, a seven-piece band. And um, we were putting together, like – uh set designs and different things like that and it was around that time that i met chelsea america and um who's also not modesto native but very creative and you know she's gone to art school and she's definitely like an artist you know like i would look at her and be like yeah "Yeah, you're an artist you know exactly and and she said something to somebody one day about oh yeah brooke does this this and that and i was just like oh i guess like I guess that would be considered a typical artist. And even still, like when people are like, like I was kind of telling you, somebody last night asked me like, oh, is it your dream to own an art gallery? Was it your dream your whole life? And I was like, no, (laughs) it just kind of happened. And now I do this and I really love it. And I enjoy that I've been put in this place. But like, it was kind of a surprise (laughs) to me, you know? And, And honestly, when I started thinking about myself as a creative person, it also made more sense certain things made more sense to me you know i was like oh (laughs) i'm i'm kind of like that you know um but yeah thinking about art as the process versus the product is like really what changed my mindset and made me think like yeah i like to create i like to observe and i like to try and use that medium of communication so so you were saying that you like the process more than the final result. Is that as a gallery owner, you're kind of showcasing the final result? Sure. Does that get frustrating for you? No, it's not. It's not frustrating. And what I mean by that is, um, I the final result to me is always a surprise. You know, like even like we put together our show downstairs and. Uh, our our group showed Zoe, Chelsea, myself, and you know, like I I really enjoy like the weeks of us talking about things and like how we want to cultivate a certain feeling, you know, and um what we want people to experience when they come into our yeah. space, and you know, and so I'm thinking like, okay, what are the resources I have around? And all of a sudden, I'm like looking for things that I can make something with, you know, and yeah. and then like. This is very different than the other galleries in town (laughs) where it's, you know, there's the canvas with paint on it and that, you know, it's each painting is kind of like hoping for an experience or to give an experience where you're seeing the whole gallery and saying like, I want to create experience when they walk in the door. Yeah. And just, could you describe a little bit the, the, um, exhibition that's in the art gallery right now at Trichromatic? Yeah, for sure. Um, Because I can see it pulling up to the front. (laughs) It's awesome. The big jaws out front. This is like a children's dream or nightmare. (laughs) Exactly. But it's it's super rad. It's it's like really refreshing to see something like that in Modesto. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, we were, I was joking around with some people talking about how it's really just a glorified fort, what we have downstairs, you know, like, but it the premise of it you know we we kind of start talking about ideas and chelsea had this chelsea likes to do performance with the art there's always going to be a performance element that she's going to bring with our group shows and um she she wanted to uh 
she was kind of um, going along this, the premise of uh, she wanted to do cave drawings with the idea of like man way back in the day, homo sapiens, cave dwelling people, whatever they were, they, they're, you know, they're sort they hunt, their life was a lot more simplified than what we have now, you know? And it's like, she was thinking about that moment that people started drawing on caves and started communicating. Graffiti. Graffiti, exactly. <laughs> when they started communicating things that weren't necessarily meant for survival or things that things that kind of um, hit on something else, communicating something else that wasn't directly for like food or shelter, you know, mm -hmm. like our basic needs. Yeah. And, and that to me was really interesting and, um, you know, how to elaborate on us making our mark. And, and honestly, like when we're doing our group shows, the conversations that we have between the three of us, and maybe if I'm sharing with another friend stuff that we're talking about, the way that it helps me, shift my perspective and live my life on a daily basis is really the part that I get really excited about. Mm. And that's the process that I'm talking about is like all of a sudden I'm thinking about um, in my life, like how I'm doing these things for survival, you know, and how important those are, you know, to provide a basic, basic needs for myself. But also that energy in that point where you are wanting to communicate for another purpose and what is it that we want to communicate and just kind of dissecting thoughts and dissecting yeah. your life like that and um so we have a cave downstairs and chelsea did a she did a whole allegory of stories inside the first half and during the evening she had people coming in one at a time or maybe two or three people at a time in a little group but they would come in and they'd use the lantern to look at the cave area hmm. and then you'd get in the middle and there's like and that was like the space of warmth. And she was sitting in there painting people's eyes and talking to them. And um, and then after that experience, however long it took, she would put them on the, the other side of that space, which was another little piece of the cave. So there's three parts of it. Mm -hmm. And then she would trace their hands and then she hung up the eyes. So at the end of the evening, there was like all these traced hands and then all these eyes hanging up just to kind of see how everybody was leaving their mark throughout the night. Yeah. And then... Aside from that, on the outside of the cave, we had uh, Zoe made all these stalagmite-looking things, and uh, the cave is covered. Basically, we just paper macheed the hell out of everything inside. You know, we just like went crazy with glue and paper. You know, just but it's all white. It's all white, um, and it's almost and, like hoth. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, and. Like I said, the surprise of it is like the opening night, we turn on all the black lights and I made this, I wanted to make a light piece that, um, that kind of, I wanted to have some kind of like, like a beacon feeling that some, that people can maybe congregate around or mm. something like that. And, and it was so fun that night to see everybody taking selfies and to see people interacting in the art and like. And even just the next day, like, honestly, like, seeing the art show on Facebook, it, it it actually tripped my mind out a little bit about social media. But seeing it on Facebook, I was like, wow, that really came out cool. Like, it's it's interesting, like, your perspective when you're in it that night and you have this mindset and you're looking, you want everything to be right or mm -hmm. whatever. But then looking back, I'm just like, I can finally feel a little, like, proud or like, I yeah. see what we did there. And, and it's just, it's cool to see how people interact with it that's like the most important part is like are people connecting with this am i doing something that is connecting people because that's ultimately what i desire like i don't i don't want to do something that's just like like yeah. a dead i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah hey do you have any um life motto or favorite quote okay. from anybody let's see i thought about that a quote and i'm gonna say and as cheesy or cliche as it might be, I'm a big believer of the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have be done unto yourself. Like, I think it's a really simple and profound way to experience your life and try and treat other people. I feel like I know? can now leave my wallet around you. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great one. So, yeah, I, I like the golden rule. I mean, it, it applies anywhere you're at. 
Yeah. You could be in Thailand, you could be in China, and if you're trying to treat someone how you'd like to be treated in that moment, then I think you'll probably be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. If they if they believe in the golden rule, you're good. Yeah, maybe. I'd like to think the golden rule is bigger. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. All right. So if um, people want to get a hold of you or mm-hmm. see learn more about your um, massage or yeah. the trichromatic gallery. Can you give, you know, connections for both of those? Yeah, definitely. Um, we have, we're on social media uh, for trichromatic. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook, uh, trichromatic gallery. Um, and then I also have my personal Instagram. It's called, I'm like, I just changed it now. I think it's health coat brook. Um, and uh, I don't have a website for my business yet for my massage, um, but I oh I do have a Facebook massage art by Brooke, um, and I've just developed my Yelp because I'm just like trying to get more professional, and I realize like having internet views are really good for people to Reviews, know about yeah. you, yeah, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, massage art by Brooke. And if you ever want to come in for a session, I do uh time massage and I do cranial sacral therapy and um and you can message me on there and ask more questions. I'm always happy to talk about my process, my therapeutic process that I go through with my clients and um I always welcome any questions as weird as they sound or as weird as they might feel asking I say go for it you know especially if I'm going to be touching you we yeah. should you ask me all the questions it's okay yeah. um so yeah uh or you and you can also email me uh massageartbybrook at gmail.com um so those are ways and trichromatic gallery the space that I'm often at is 1321 J Street so it's right by Chefs of New York by the State Theater and although we are taking our white jaws down, you can see us by some of the strange things that you might see, like coming out of the window. Or... I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more strange things. We finally have a sign after like being open two years. I think at the end of our second year, we were like, we're gonna put a sign on this door and oh <laughs> signage, you know, like trying to create visibility in like these really like duh ways. Yeah. <laughs> So, but thank you so much, Aaron, for having me. Uh, Brooke, thank you so much for being on the show. And with that, we're going to wrap it up. And yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Cool. Take it easy. Follow us on Instagram at Modesto Reboot, as well as Facebook. Look for the group Modesto Reboot. Please subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.